The following is a King's Chapel, Alaska presentation with Pastor Daniel Bracken. Our passion's making disciples of Jesus Christ who fulfill God's call and help us be the personal, powerful, permeating church God's called us to be. For more information, visit kcalaska.com or find us on Facebook. Here's Pastor Daniel. Come on, somebody shout and clap to God. Somebody say hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, you may be seated. What kind of craziness is that? Thank you, Jesus. I told Brother Toby, I said, dude, when I lose 80 pounds, I'm going to be all up in it. Come on, Jesus. He said, I just ain't going to get in there right now because I jump and it keeps jumping. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? I was running not that long ago. I turned around, something was chasing me. It was part of my anatomy. How many of you are so glad for the fast? We're like, yeah, what's that? <laughs> we start a fast on uh, tomorrow, midnight. Midnight tonight. Now, here's what I want to do. Uh, ushers, would you help me, please? I want to put a card in every single person's hand, uh, especially if you haven't gotten one just yet. Some of you were not in this morning service. We're so blessed that you're able to come Sunday night. And uh, it's uh, our annual 21-day fast. And here's, uh, we've got two different cards going around. You can use either of them. Uh, it's prayer and fasting. And on the back side, it says Pastor Kirsten Davis. That, that's him. He started to fill his card in. And has email uh, address and regular address. And then it, you mark what kind of fast you're going to do. There's all kinds of fasts. I know people that have fasted Facebook. How many of you think that'd probably be a good idea for some people? Mm, I feel the Holy Ghost. There's full fast, a liquid fast. There's a partial fast, a uh, Daniel fast. A Daniel fast is vegetables and, and meat and sweets and stuff. Uh, eat, it's like, let me try that again. Meats and sweets. Daniel fast. So you eat vegetables, pulse, as it says in the King James, and, of course, water. If you've never fasted before, uh, and you want some insight on how to do that, uh, certainly can help you after service. Any of my staff or uh, seasoned veterans amongst fasters. And uh, I hate fasting in a way, but I sure love what it does for me. I preached on it this morning, and you really need to feed on the truth of God's Word about fasting and prayer. Because when you feed on God's truth about fasting and prayer, it motivates you. Fasting is denying yourself food or drink for a period of time. And there's three-day fast. There's one-day fast, three-day fast, seven-day fast. This particular one, we're going for 21 days. It's a corporate fast. All of KC, worldwide, over 124 different extensions. We're all fasting, and we've been doing this for decades. Every January, right around this time of the year, glory to God, we put the sugar cookies up, push ourselves away from the table, and press in. And... Uh, I know that I need that especially. And I'm looking forward to what God's going to do. We've got special times of prayer every Friday in this month for the next three Fridays. Friday starting the 8th and following, we have uh, prayer, 24-hour prayer. It'll be at our barn. How many, raise your hand if you know where the barn is. All right. So let me tell you, for those of you that don't, it's uh, just across from Walmart, uh, up from Sears, if you go to the new the Ford dealership or the new Dodge dealership on the service road and you drive all the way to the end, it hits a cul-de-sac right there. It's, all, it's gated and it's locked unless we're having prayer. And on Friday at 6 a.m., we will start 24 hours of prayer. And we'll go actually all the way to Saturday about 9 a.m. And we'd encourage you to be a part of that. And now, of course, we're there in the mornings from, from about 6 o'clock. And I had somebody, one of our leaders, encouraging me to start 5 a.m., Amen. You say, well, I'm not feeling led to do that. I, that might be true, but it might be that you need to get the lead out. Raise your hand. No, don't do it. How many of you know we need to get the lead out? The spirit is willing, but the flesh is, the flesh is weak. And uh, we're going to give ourselves to prayer and to fasting. Thank you, Mike. So go ahead, take this card. Take a moment to fill that out. If you didn't hear this morning's message, it's well worth listening to. It impacted, touched a lot of people, apparently. And uh, it'll be up on the podcast in the next few days. And we're just so grateful for God's provision for us to have breakthrough. Come on, say, I can have a breakthrough. 
Yes, you can. All right, so take a moment to fill that out, won't you? Won't you do that right now? And uh, at the end of the service, if you drop it in, uh, let's have buckets out there. Ushers, if we can, after the service. You drop that in, and we'll be sure to send you a letter. It's one of the, they've just found that when you write your name and you sign something, you're more inclined to give yourself to it. That's why we do these cards, but also so that you can be in agreement. I'll be putting together a letter, and there'll be a letter that comes from Dr. James Morocco, our senior leader uh, over all of our worldwide churches, and we'll all be in agreement, and we'll pray and see an outpouring. Can you say amen? amen. All right, good. Stand up on your feet, take your Bibles, and turn to the book of Jude. We stand for the reading of the word. It's a custom that we have. Praise the Lord. Jude. Hey, Jude. Hope the rest of that song's all right. I don't know what it says. It's Beatles or something. The epistle of Jude, uh, look at verse 3. Are you ready? Beloved, while I was very diligent to write to you concerning our common salvation, I found it necessary to write to you, exhorting you to contend. Everybody say contend. Contend earnestly for the faith, which is once for all delivered to the saints. For certain men have crept in unnoticed. Gosh, just the word crept doesn't even sound good, does it? Creepy. They crept in. Unnoticed. Who long ago were marked out for this condemnation. Ungodly men who turned the grace of our Lord God into lewdness and deny the only Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ. Heavenly Father, we thank you for what you've done all day long. And I'm still moved by that dance ministry before the Lord. I'm just so blessed by that, God. I pray that you'd give us living understanding. That you would touch us and change us, I pray, forever. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. I have not given you notes on purpose, although that is my custom. Uh, one wanted the liberty to be able to move as the Spirit would lead me tonight. I want to have an outpouring of the Spirit in a way that maybe never, we've never, none of us have ever experienced before. Now, I, I've, I've experienced some tremendous services. I remember years ago, I was in a... a uh, a, a place, a discipleship center called Teen Challenge. And I wasn't a teen, so it was rather humbling for me. In my early 20s, as I submitted to this program because of some life-controlling problems I had. And um, I was there, and uh, we heard about these special meetings that were taking place at a church that was then called First Assembly of God, but it's now been changed to King's Cathedral and Chapels. It was actually my church, but I had left there and gone to this discipleship center. My mom was still going there. And they had a guest evangelist come in, and uh, his name was Rodney Howard Brown. Some of you know who that is. How many of you know who Rodney Howard Brown is? Okay. So the... Camp directors took the whole camp on a Monday night. We went to our church on Sunday, which was in Lahaina, a little town in Maui, in Hawaiian Islands. We all jumped on a bus on Monday night, and we went there. The parking lot was jammed, packed to capacity. I remember getting out, getting so, so, with such anticipation, I couldn't hardly wait. I heard that God was using this guy and that heaven was coming down, and I was just hungry for God. And I remember walking in with one of the counselors who was naysaying. I mean, he was saying, well, this isn't going to be all that. It's no big deal, really. I mean, come on. I'm like, dude, I'm going to go get what God has for me. You know, it's amazing what you dial in and contend for. You will have. How many of you know what a heavyweight contender is? Right, he's a boxer. He's, He's a fighter. 
And you're going to have to fight for the outpouring of the Spirit in your life because your flesh doesn't want it and the world can't stand it and the devil's nervous about you getting the fullness of the Spirit. So we went into that meeting and uh, that night, I've told the story many times even here that night, we were about three quarters of the way back on the right hand side of the church and Rodney Howard Brown was there and he began to minister. He said, I have a little video I want to show you. It was a VHS. How many of you remember what that is? How many remember eight-track tapes? Okay, so they pulled out one of these VHS tapes, and they didn't have all these cool projectors like we have here. It was one of these, you know, older school ones, and they had a, a table in the middle of the, of the church and a screen that came down. And so uh, he put this video on, and the video, he said... He said, this is a video that took, uh, the, uh, of a service that took place at Carpenter's Home Church in Florida. And he said, it's when, it, we call it the night when angels sang. And so he prefaced it like that, and he said, and so it's rather interesting, we'll just show you a section of it. He put the video on, and he began to play. Well, he's preaching, and, and you know, it's good, you know, but I mean, you could watch TV at home, you know. Uh, but then, something began to happen on the video. And you began to hear the sound of people lifting their voices. I read this morning about how Daniel in Daniel chapter 10 talked about how this man whose arms and legs were like burnished bronze. His eyes were like flaming torches and his face was the had a countenance of lightning. And when he spoke, he spoke in the sound of a multitude. So what we began to hear that night off of VHS tape was a group of people about a year prior who began to lift their voices and sing and worship God. And as we watched this video, we saw the atmosphere in that church completely change. You could see it on the video. And people began to lose themselves in worship. And one man in a suit got up and began to dance ballet, which you would think is odd. I mean, I don't know the last time you saw a man in a suit dancing ballet. But it seemed to fit. He lost himself in worship. And it didn't matter what anybody else thought about him. And he was worshiping God with all his might. And soon, the whole congregation on the VHS tape was lifting their voices. Well, what happened was the Holy Spirit fell in the meeting that we were in. And the whole congregation, well over a thousand people, began to lift their voices in worship. And as they lifted their voices, I suddenly heard the sound of the worship of heaven. I will do my best to describe that, although it will be far short of what it really is. There is before the throne of God, as talks about in the book of Revelation, ongoing worship that does not cease. It is day and night, night and day. It never ends. They're casting their crowns. They're crying out holy. And when heaven lifts its voice and worships the Lamb and worships, the, worships God before the throne and the 24 elders, and they're all lifting their voice at the same time, it's not in unison. It's not a robotic sound unto the Lord. It is a sound of a multitude. How can I describe it? If, if you won the biggest lotto lottery thing that there was, and you started, you know, you, you got the check and you cashed it, it cleared and you have the money. And there you are, you're able to pay off friends' debts, pay off your own house. You're able to just take care of things you wanted to take care of for years. I mean, there would be this excitement that, that's just like, you'd be like, yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Okay, now, what you can you imagine innumerable? What is that? That is more, more people than you can number. Now, imagine innumerable, including angels, including the seraphim. And the cherubim and all of God's creation before his throne. 
lifting their voices because they're seeing another dimension of His glory, which you, can't, you and I can't even fathom. You can't fathom what that is. And as a dimension after dimension of God releasing His beauty and His glory with this, this sea of glass, emerald sardius, stones, just, I mean, I've never been to heaven like that. But I heard it. And when I heard it, something happened on the inside of me that changed me forever. It changed me forever. And we got caught up in worship. And I worshiped with angels and, and the creation and God's people all at the same time. And I will tell you, it is the sound of multitude that doesn't really care what the person on the right is thinking. Certainly doesn't care about the burnt toast or the bickering that you're in right before service. It's not concerned about work tomorrow. It's not concerned about any of that. It's, it's caught up in, in, in a worship that is... That is it's just all-consuming. There is nothing else. An adoration and an exaltation of God, a magnifying God that so consumes you that you don't even know what, if it's warm or cold out. You're not even sure you know, what, what, if you pick the right clothes. None of that stuff matters. None of it matters. And when a sea of people begin to do that, it creates the sound of heaven. And actually, heaven joins in. And that's what happened in that service. Not sure how it ended. I know that the men and the women that were a part of the team challenge that I was in, three quarters of them had to be carried. In other words, they could not walk. They could not talk. You say, is that biblical? It's absolutely biblical. You say, where? I have so many scriptures to reference. But I'll just choose a few. At the dedication of the temple, the cloud of the presence of the Lord came in such a way that the priest could not stand before the Lord any longer. Now, if you're not standing, you tell me what you're doing. Well, maybe you're on your knees. All right, you're on your knees, maybe. Maybe you're lying down. One thing's for sure, you're not standing. So you're in some other posture because this cloud came. You'll see that when Jesus was in the Garden of Gethsemane and they came to take him, he says, who do you seek? They say, we seek Jesus of Nazareth. He said, I am he. In actual definition, he was saying once again, I am. When, when he was talking to the Pharisees and the Sadducees, and they were saying, before Abraham was born, Abraham rejoiced to see your day. Give me a break. You're not even 50 years old, they said to Jesus. And you've seen Abraham's day? And Jesus said this, before Abraham was born, I am. And he was referring all the way back to Genesis chapter 3 when Moses was standing with the burning bush and Moses says, who should I say sent me when I stand before Pharaoh? When I go to be the deliverer of your people, who should I say sent me? He said, I am that I am. And so what Jesus was saying is absolutely right. I am God. I am God in flesh, incarnate. And they picked up stones because by Levitical law, if you claim to be God, you're a blasphemer. And then the, the, the judgment for you is that you would get killed. They would bounce rocks off of your head until you were dead. And so he said, I am he. And they went to kill him, but he slipped through the midst of them. He just disappeared. All of a sudden, they couldn't find him. I love it. Jesus. He's God. Walks through walls. Eats fish. Has some bread. Walks through some more walls. Ever wonder where the fish went? I mean, he's God. He walks on water. Come on, someone say, he's God. The Lord wants to bring you into an encounter with his power. But that has to be contended for. There has to be somebody that pays the price. I used to think that was a bunch of bunk. Oh, pay the price. I remember seeing men of God, you know, standing there weeping. There's a price to pay. There's a price to pay. There's a price to pay for the glory. And I used to think, what a bunch of rubbish. Because in my mind, the price was paid by Jesus. How many of you know Jesus paid the price? Okay, however, there's a price for you to pay personally 
if you want to walk in power and walk in a place that maybe nobody else has walked, no man has reached up to receive all that he has to offer. And what I'm telling you is that God will touch you in the direct proportion to the hunger that you have. And if you need to learn to fight, need to learn to contend, need to lace up the gloves in the spirit in this next 21 days and really press in and believe for God, what if God touched you and changed you? Some of you are so full of destiny, but you're locked up in the in the iPhone, you're locked up in your smart device, you're locked up in TV and, and Facebook and Twitter and music and people and drama, drama, drama. And for God to break into that, you're going to have to put some stuff away. I think America's God has become entertainment. It's crazy how much money they'll spend on a Star Wars movie, but if you take an offering, people freak out. Crazy how much you pay a basketball player to throw the rock around but get all bent out of shape when they build some big beautiful building or something for the kingdom of God. And they have allowed our nation to move the Ten Commandments off of the Capitol Rotunda and push them out of the Central Square only to worship Costco's and banks. I'm telling you that God wants to bring an outpouring to this land. God wants to bring an outpouring. He wants to touch you in such a way that he becomes the main thing in your life. That he becomes, he becomes the central focus of your heart. That when you wake up, you're thinking about him. When you're dreaming, you're dreaming the dreams of God. When you're speaking, you're speaking as speaking an oracle of God. And by the way, it's a lot of fun. It's not stuffy and lame. If somebody ever told you that the Christian walk was boring, they lie. That was some religious knothead. power of God came down that night. They carried the students, the teen challenge students back to the, the campus that we were at. I wasn't carried. I helped carry people, but I was marked. Something that happened to me as I joined in with the worship of angels and God's people, and I heard the sound of multitudes worshiping God. And like I said, I didn't go, I, I went before the throne in the spirit but I, I didn't see anything. I was afraid to open my eyes. The truth is, the truth is, I was terrified to look. And so I kept my eyes closed and I lifted my voice and I was carried away to a place of glory, of inexpressible, inexpressible glory. Amen. We went home and went to sleep that night. I remember waking up, not being able to speak in English. In other words, the first words coming out of my mouth was tongues, the language of the Spirit. In fact, it wasn't just me. It was all the guys in my, in my dorm room. Some, some of them couldn't even walk. Some of them stayed in bed. The guy, his name was a JP. He was to the left of me in that meeting when they played the VHS, and he gripped my shoulder so hard that actually I had, I had pierced marks from his fingernails going through my trap, but I never remember any pain. Let me tell you what happened for him. He went to hell. Yeah, snap. He had an experience of seeing the lake of fire. People being tormented day and night. And he was escorted down there. And he, first of all, he couldn't talk for well over 24 hours. There was nothing coming out of his mouth. And that was a miracle. How many of you know if somebody's quiet for 24 hours? Particular people. That something must have happened. I mean, like, he's the, he was the kind of guy that you just wish he would shut up, right? Can I be real? Like, we, we really hoped and prayed that he would be quiet. It's putting it nicely. For 24 hours, he couldn't speak. But when he finally did speak, he said that he went to hell and he told us that he was just playing. He was acting a Christian that he didn't really believe that Jesus died on a cross and rose again from the grave for him. He didn't really believe that, that, that there was a place called heaven and a place called hell. He didn't believe anything in the Bible, and all he was doing was biding his time, and he only had about two months, and he was going to be released and go off on his own and, and be out of the program that he personally was mandated in. And he was weeping and crying, uncontrollably big, tough guy who 
just confessed that he didn't believe, but now he believes. And he begged with the student body, give your life to Christ. There's a hell. There really is a hell. I went there and this dude got saved, saved, saved. It's hard to be on fire if you don't know what you got saved from. There really is a place called hell. It's not anathema. It's not just separation. It's not just you die and it's over. No, no, no. There's a place of torment. And it's not made for you. It's not made for me. It's made for Satan and his minions. But if you go into eternity having denied Christ, that decision in eternity will stay in eternity and you will forever be in a place of separation from God, a place that's called hell. We don't like hearing that. Somebody said, are you a hellfire preacher? I said, absolutely. Come on, smile at me. Praise God. Our Teen Challenge staff all those years ago, they were freaked out by what happened. They weren't even sure it was God. They thought maybe it was you know, some kind of cultic activity. They thought maybe, maybe this is something other than God. We don't know, but we're, they decided we're not going back. I remember being in that chapel that morning. We had chapel every morning. We stood there, and we usually had a little chapel service, a little prayer time. And I was kind of the wise guy. I was a little older than some of them. And I raised my hand. He said, excuse me. He said, yes, Daniel. I said, yeah, are we going back there tonight? It was every night that week, Monday night, Tuesday night, Wednesday night, Thursday night, and Friday night. And we had just gone to Monday night. So it's Tuesday morning. I said, are we, are we, going, uh, are we going back there? tonight? And he said, oh, well, actually, no, we're going to stay home and have family devotions. I said, what? And they said, Daniel, don't talk back. I said, are you kidding me? Are you serious? And when they said, yes, we're serious, now stop it, everybody began to weep. Now, we're talking people that came out of some serious darkness. They all begin to cry. The whole school begins to cry and weep. And, this, and I remember looking up, I was so grieved and so upset, I couldn't get a hold of the tears or hot tears running down my face. I remember looking at the guy trying to do chapel, but nobody's listening because people are like, oh, God, oh, God. People are moaning. People are going into travail. You know what travail is? It's like a woman in labor. You ever seen that? That's not cute. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? All the fathers who've been there say amen. Yeah, that's not a cute thing. So... Here these students, so impacted by heaven, are in travail, and they're wailing, and they're crying, and it's kind of like, what do you do with an uncontrollably upset person who's praying in tongues with tears running down their face? As a, as a Christian chaplain, he just stood there. It was like, oh God. And he's just looking out at us, and we didn't stop because we were so grieved we couldn't even control ourselves. I look back, I'm sure we could have. Because the spirit, come on, your subject, the spirit is subject to you. You can shut it down, you can quench the spirit. But we were so upset. He tried to give chapel, he couldn't finish because of the weeping and the crying. We went into breakfast and nobody ate. All of a sudden there's a fast. We didn't even know what fasting was. Nobody wants to eat. Nobody wants to eat. All we want to do is pray. I'm talking about people who are not even spiritual. I'm talking about the knucklehead guy who came out of Los Angeles, a gangbanger. He came out of L.A. And he, he, was, he was just trying to not kill people at the camp before this. Dude, if you stepped on his shoes, I'm just saying, if you stepped on his shoes, you were going to get the beat down. And of course you got the beat down, then he'd get kicked out. But I remember this guy sat on his bed. You also don't sit on the dude's bed. You don't sit on his bed and you do not touch his shoes. This wise guy sat on his bed and was messing with his shoes. And this was after the outpouring that took place for us. And I remember the guy coming in to see him. It's just like every button that you could push to cause violence to go off. This new kid that wasn't at the outpouring that night pushed him. And the guy's like, whoa, oh, bro. I'm going to have to forgive you, man. Forgive you. Oh, if I knew you before, oh, you'd be dead. I'm going to forgive you. I forgive you, bro. I forgive you. He just like walked on. God's honest truth. Gangbanger. 
gotten baptized in the Holy Ghost. I'll never forget when he graduated, he cried and cried and cried. And he grabbed me by my shirt and he said, pray for me. Fast and pray for me because I'm going home and I've got to get beat out. And some of you don't know what that is. There's the beat in when you join the gang and if you leave, there's beat out. The beat out, you don't usually survive. And the truth is, I don't know what happened to him. The power of God hit that school. They weren't going to take us back because they'd never seen anything like that. So they tried to have chapel, but we're weeping, we're in travail. They serve breakfast, but nobody eats. It's time for chores, and everybody did them at the speed of light and ended up sovereignly in this old church building that basically had gotten the roof destroyed. It was an ancient Hawaiian church. And we were in the sand, all of us, gathered together for hours of our free time. We weren't playing ball. We weren't across the street on boogie boards in the ocean. We were in our face, in the sand, crying out for God to deal with the leadership of Team Challenge to allow us to go back. Something happened to us. Now let me ask you this question, and I'll tell you the rest of the story. Have you ever had a touch like that? You see, many people say, well, that's just for the special. No, no, that's you. You're special. Come on, look at your neighbor and say, I'm special. Yeah, and, and, and look at your other neighbor and say, you're special. But in so many churches and so many pastors, we dial down the spirit. We dial it down because it gets a little too wild or a little too messy. And then we relegate church to a few teaching of a few verses and send people home without the power, without the freedom, without the joy, without the healing, without the kingdom of God. And I'm going to tell you, that is not me. That is not the DNA of KC. We are going to have an outpouring. We are going to have revival. And we are going to fast and pray until the heavens rend and God comes down himself. I'm telling you that we are headed for an outpouring such as you've never seen before. We're at the very beginnings of it. We're at the very beginnings. He's going to save your family, heal your auntie, touch your cousin. He's going to pour out his spirit in such an unusual way. Come on. But are there a people? Come on, somebody shout to God. I know when my son sticks his finger in his ear, I've probably gotten too loud. Is there anybody here willing to lace up the gloves and go get it? He said, I don't know if that's biblical. Listen, Jesus spoke in parables to hide truth from casual observers. So if you're just a casual observer, he's not obligated to touch you any more than, than anything else. He doesn't have to touch you. He doesn't have to do anything for you. Blessed are the hungry and thirst, thirsty, for they shall be. They'll be what? So here's what happened as we're crying on the sand of that ancient Hawaiian church, all the students weeping before the Lord. It was about four in the afternoon, and I sat up from my place of, of prayer undone. I mean undone. You know, when you read Acts chapter 2, it says, these are not drunk as you suppose. I was messing around this morning. What does a drunk person look like? Because they must have looked like that. These are not drunk as you suppose, but this is that which is prophesied by the prophet Joel. That in the last days, it'll come to pass that God will pour out His Spirit. They were receiving an outpouring of the Spirit of God in Acts chapter 2, and it made them look a little different than a normal person, not under the influence of the Holy Spirit. And yet, thousands of people gathered, and Peter preached till 3,000 people got saved. We want the power of God. We want our kids off of drugs. We want people set free. It will not happen by a simple teaching. It's not going to happen that way, Mike. It's not going to happen that way. Because you simply cannot teach demon spirits. Demon spirits will think that you're teaching them. They'll play, they'll play church. Religious spirits will play church. But when the power of God comes, when the sound of the multitude of worship comes, it changes everything. We need to have good teaching. We need to have fellowship. But we need an outpouring of the Holy Ghost and fire. Looked up about 4 o'clock and we saw the, the big, you know, the El Jefe. The big chief came from the town to see what was happening. 
There's all three big decision makers standing in the back of that broken down Hawaiian church with all the students weeping and crying and travailing. And they're like looking at everybody. And so I just sat up. I said, excuse me, can we please go? And they said, they started crying. They said, Daniel, we've never seen this. We have never seen this. In the 25 years of doing Teen Challenge in that location, we have never seen this. We're going. And when they said we were going, you'd never seen a bunch of people popped up and started screaming and shouting, running around. You thought it was just holy mayhem. Come on, you snatch somebody off the street or bring them out of circumstances like that boy out of L.A. And they get genuinely touched by God. They don't even know what being religious is. We, we know. We, we know. We, we know what being religious is. Just He didn't know nothing about that. So, I mean, he's just all, yeah, Spanish guy. He just lost his mind. We went Tuesday night. We went Wednesday night. We went Thursday night. We went Friday night. And every night that we went, they were carrying people home. Now, I got carried home. People got carried home. I remember this one of our, one of our counselors was a Lutheran. I mean, you know, from a Lutheran church. I mean, God bless the Lutherans, right? He was a German Lutheran and very staunch, strict guy, a teacher of the word. And he went because he had to go. It was his job. He was freaked out by people. There were people laughing, people crying, all kinds of stuff taking place. And I remember him sitting in front of me and... This dear brother's ministering and walking around, kind of like I do. I probably got it from him and from my, from my spiritual dad, Dr. Morocco, walks around. He walks like this. Oh, I got it down. I've been watching him for decades. This guy's name is Carl, the Lutheran German guy. Great guy, friend of mine. I'm sitting behind Carl, and all I see is this. I see Carl just go, hmm. That's what I see. I see, it's like the person in front of you just buckles and goes down for a second. I thought, whoa. I've never seen him do anything like that. And he goes, hmm. And I lean forward. I said, hey, Carl. He's all, mm-hmm, yeah. I said, are you all right? He says, mm-hmm. I said, oh, okay. And I sat back and I watched this staunch Lutheran teacher who never broke a rule in his life. His clothes were immaculate and folded just perfectly. Every one of his little BVDs all in a row. Everything in his closet just like... You know what I'm, does anybody know what I'm talking about? Like Felix Unger for all of you people that are over 40. And so for him to go, mm-hmm, was like, what? I mean, when he did that, I thought, this is, this is amazing. So he buckled and then he buckled again. I asked him if he's okay. He's like, mm-hmm. And then Ronnie Howard Brown comes by, walking by, and he sees him. He sees him and he looks at him. And Carl, the conservative Lutheran teacher, German. Well, some of you are German. It's a wonderful culture in many respects, amen? But you're in control. Do you understand what I'm saying? Oh, anybody got German descent? Carl buckles over and screams in the midst of a, like, like this scenario, like this. Goes, and falls out laughing hysterically on the floor. When that happened, it was like dominoes. First of all, everybody in the camp knew that when that happened, oh my God, God really is, God, it really is God. 
because this guy was just so quiet and so sedate and so together. There would not be anything. It'd have to be God himself to rip him off his seat because for sure he ain't going to do it himself. And when he fell out, oh, and he falls over, everybody's like, yes, God. Everybody starts worshiping and the power of God hits the place. Have you ever been touched like that? It's not about the outward manifestation, that's for sure. And I'll tell you how you know you've been touched by God because of 30 days later, something's very different about you. What are you saying tonight? I just wanted to sort of whet your appetite a little bit and tell you a little story about revival. Friday night, you guys have heard the story. Friday night, I'll never forget that. Friday night, Dr. Morocco was called on to pray for all the people. He tells a story like this. When Rodney Howard Brown called on him to pray for everybody, he knew his ministry was over. Because when he knew that when he would pray for people, there had nothing going to happen. He knew that when he prayed for people, there would be not one thing that would take place. And so he went to pray for people, and he came down the stairs. And I was there. I saw it. He came down the stairs. There was a lady right here, and he came, boom, boom. And before he could even lay hands on the first lady that was there, he said it was like a wind rushed past him. That lady was blown straight off of her feet, back about three or four rows. All the ushers that were standing there, they also went down. And then the power of God hit this man, who's a big dude. And he ran full speed with people falling out left and right all over the place. I saw one guy during those meetings rolling up five or... How many stairs are in Cathedral? Six? Six or seven? Eight maybe? He rolled up eight flight... Eight, these are three stairs right here. He'd roll up eight and back down like a window shade. For half an hour. You can't do that. I don't care what kind of crunches and core strength you got, Jack. You can't do that. To the music. Oh, yeah. He would, like, stomp in the middle when there was, like, this dramatic pause. And then we'd keep going. And then, like, to the music. I saw some other lady living a, leading a heavenly choir. And yet in the midst of that, and I've shared this before, especially on that Friday night. That Friday night, I mean, people, people were laid out in the bathroom got hit by the power of God in the bathroom, on the men's bathroom floor. You know you got touched in the bathroom. <laughs> you lie on the bathroom floor. The, men, the men's bathroom floor. You lie on the men's bathroom floor in a public place. Jack, you must have been touched by God. Either that or it's the devil. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> Ugh, yuck. You know what's crazy about that story, and I told doctor this, but I don't think I've ever said it here. How many of you heard that story before? He's stand, a guy was standing at the urinal. And so when he went down, it wasn't real pretty. And the ushers had to help him out. And, the, and here's what the guy, the guy, here's what's really funny. You know where the guy was from, Pastor Kirsten? He was from Alaska. I met him. I met him, I was talking to him, and he says, hey, uh, so yeah, you're from that church, yeah? I'm like, oh, yeah, it's awesome. He says, you know, I was there back in the 90s. I said, oh, really? He says, yeah, but with those Rodney Howard Brown meetings. I said, no kidding. He's like, yeah, it changed my life forever. I said, wow, what nights were you there? He says, well, I was there a couple nights, but it was Friday night. I thought, oh, Friday night was crazy. He goes, yeah. He said, you didn't believe what happened. It's kind of embarrassing. I said, well, what happened? And I'm thinking, it's the bathroom guy. It's the bathroom guy. I said, what happened? He says, I was, I was in the bathroom. And I said, you're the bathroom guy. You're the guy. He's like, yeah, that's me. Ah! Come on, somebody say Hallelujah. Listen, I'm telling you stories to build your faith. I'm telling you, you do not have to settle for some lukewarm, apathetic, powerless, anemic Christianity. You can be touched by the fire. You can be changed. You don't have to be bound. You don't have to be addicted. You don't have to be depressed. You can come in with depression and go out with joy. The kingdom of God, when the kingdom of God comes, Anything happens. 
Now the challenge with that is that there has to be structure and leadership. So if somebody tries to do something or the enemy shows up to try to manifest some devil, that the person has enough authority to stop it. We certainly have that. Not just me, but every one of my staff. There needs to be not control, but a safe place. A shepherd that can cut a ewe out of the bank, cut a, cut a, a section out of the bank so the water, the still water where sheep can drink. That is what we're endeavoring to do. And I commit to you, I am lacing up my gloves in this spirit. And I'm going to fight for an outpouring over the next 21 days. And I challenge you, I, I challenge you, I charge you, come on, be a part of it. Do something. You can do something to bring an effect change. Our meetings will go from glory to glory. We will see greater releases of God's power and presence than we've ever seen before. Where's my worship team? Come on up. Hannah, if you're here, would you raise your hand? Would you come on the keyboard, please? Just come straight up the aisle right here and right up on that keyboard, sweetheart. Here she comes. This. Just play And the Spirit of the Lord would say unto you, my precious daughter, that I'm going to put a mantle of revival on you for worship that's going to overtake you. I'm going to give you songs from heaven. This was prophesied by many, many others. And I'm going to bring my power and my glory through you in tremendous measure. As you position yourself and continue to seek me, I will do this thing. And it'll even happen here in this house, says the Lord. The first thing in the order of business in our closing of our service tonight is this. If you've never given your heart to Jesus, don't you leave this place without getting right with him. There is a hell to shun, and there is a heaven to gain. Everybody's standing? That's good. Praise God. Thought somebody might have fallen out. Glory to God. If you're not right with God, if you're not right with God, close your eyes, examine your heart. Everybody in this place, come on, they'll get, the, they'll get that all together. Don't worry about them, it's all right. Examine your heart. Where are you tonight? I mean, where are you? Where are you in your walk with God? I mean, really. I don't mean to pick on Lutherans. I love the body of Christ. The Lord loves them more. They're His body. But what we need in America is not a, not a bunch of rules and regulations. We need an outpouring of the Spirit. We need people transformed by the power of God. What was it that took a Peter, the, the cursing fisherman, and brought him to such a place to come out to preach to 3,000 people not afraid of being crucified himself? What was that? That's what we need in America. Every head bowed, every eye closed. That's, it's you, you're being convicted. Your heart is beating within your chest. And you need to give your heart to Jesus for the first time. Intercessors praying. You say, that's me, Pastor. You want to be included in this prayer? Raise your hand right now. God bless you. Anybody else? Raise your hand high. Want to get right with God? God bless you. I see that hand. God bless you. God bless you, son. God bless you all the way in the back. I see that one, two, three. I see your hand, sweetheart. Praise God. Over on this left side, you want to get right with God tonight? Hallelujah. Would you stand up on your feet? The service will be over shortly. But let's pray this prayer right now. One of you raised your hand. You're serious. Oh, let's go for it. If you're serious, I want you to meet me right here. For real. You for real want to receive Jesus and you want to make heaven your home. Come meet me right here, right front and center. You're not joining a church, you're joining God's church, but you're repenting of your sin. Come on, put your hands together for these.
on, guys. Come on, what's up? Awesome. Awesome. Come on, somebody say praise the Lord. Come on, somebody say praise God. Come on, come. If you need to be up here, come. Praise the Lord. You ready? You ready? We're going to pray this prayer. and As we do, everything you've ever done wrong is going to be wiped out. Every sin you've ever committed will be erased because of the blood of Jesus. Pray this with me right out loud. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, Thank you for sending your son, Jesus, to die in my place. Forgive me of all of my sin and come into my heart. Come into my life. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. Wash me. Cleanse me. And make me new. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for hearing my prayer. Let me pray for you, Holy Spirit, I pray that you touch and fill each and every one. That you touch and fill each and every one, that you would fill them afresh right now. Break every bondage. Break every curse. Right now, in Jesus' name, some of you need to, you need to forgive people that have really hurt you. Your mom and dad, maybe. Parents. You just forgive them. Let it go. Jesus died for all of that. Let it go. Lord, fill them right now. In Jesus' name. Amen. All right, y'all, look at me. Look at me real quick. Here's what we're going to do. Pastor Vince, would you just wave at us? All right. Pastor Vince, would you lead these beautiful people right through those double doors? Every one of you. Don't let one of them go. Right through those double doors. We're going to give you a gift and just pray for you. Take a few minutes and come. A few moments of your time, we'll bring you right back in. Put your hands together for these guys. Just follow right down. I need leaders to go. My leaders, go, please. Go. Go on. Leaders, would you go, please? If you're a leader, go help them out. And let me talk to you, and then we'll close here in a moment, as soon as they come back in. Just take about two minutes, okay, Pastor Vince and team, quickly, and bring them right back in here. Pastor Kirsten, can you help them? As quick as you can, because I want to pray for them, and I've got a, a couple words for a couple of those guys. I didn't preach long to you. The fast starts tonight at midnight. I'd encourage you strongly to be a part of it. And contend, fight for, believe for an outpouring in your own life. Be seated for just a moment. Is it hot in here? Well, that's pretty unanimous. Why don't we pop open these doors and if we can make sure that fan is on, all right? Because I'm a, I'm a swell, either that or it's the fire. I think it's it's hot, but I feel the fire too. In Acts chapter 2, when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. I I taught on this this morning. The Holy Spirit comes and they're all filled and they pray in tongues. They were acting apparently as drunk men. And Peter in verse 14, Acts chapter 2, verse 14. Peter, standing up with the eleven, raised his voice and said to them, Men of Judea and all who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and heed my words. These are not drunk as you suppose, since it's only the third hour of the day. But this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. Verse 17. And it shall come to pass. It shall come to pass in the last day, says God, that I'll pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions and your own men will dream dreams. On my men servants and on my maid servants, I will pour out my spirit in those days. And they shall prophesy. And I will show wonders in the heavens above and signs in the earth beneath. Blood and fire, vapor of smoke. The sun should be turned into darkness and the moon into blood. We have just experienced four blood moons. These signs that he's talking about are happening. They're among us and there's more to come. And what he was quoting 
was Joel chapter 2. And in Joel, as I taught this morning, I'll revisit it very quickly. There's a national emergency for Joel in Joel's time. There's a famine. There's, a, there's a, 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 an economic emergency. The, the enemies of Israel are, are coming to whoop up on him. So there's a military problem. There is an economic problem. There's an agricultural problem. And Joel gives them, he gives them the secret of the Lord of how to overcome all of that. And he tells them to render, to fear not, O land. I love verse 21. Joel 2, I'm almost done. Hang in there. Joel 2, 21, fear not, O land, and be glad and rejoice. For the Lord has done marvelous things. Do not be afraid of the beasts of the field. And he goes on to talk about how what's going to happen. And then verse 28, he says, And it shall come to pass. This is the text that Peter preached from. He preached from this text right here in Joel 2. And it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams and your young men shall see visions. Here's the thing. It shall come to pass afterwards. After what? It'll come to pass after we rend our hearts and not our garments. After we fast and pray and mourn and repent. After we seek God with all our heart. God will come and release His power. It'll come to pass afterward. Most people want revival, but they don't want to do the the fasting, praying, repentance part. Corey Ten Boom said this. The depth of repentance is the depth of revival that you'll have. And every one of us, we need to be laid bare before the Lord and say, God, examine me, show me. I mean, repent for not wearing your seatbelt if you're living righteously, praise God. Deal with the issues of your life because what God will do is He'll pour out over you and your sons and your daughters and we will experience a flood, an open heaven flood in this place where thousands upon thousands of thousands of people will come. It's called a revival. Except I'm not believing for a little outpouring that's over in six months or a year or five years like Pensacola. Thank God for Pensacola. I'm not believing for that. I'm believing for something much, much bigger. I'm believing for a nationwide shaking. Can a nation be... Can it, Somebody said, man, you're awfully grandiose. Listen, I'm just full of vision. God put it in my heart like that. I'm not going to be ashamed of it. I'm going to believe for it. And if God can touch a nation and turn a nation back to Him, then there'll be an outpouring. I'm telling you, the problem is not guns. Any more than a fork is a problem you're overeating. That was good. The problem is a human condition can't kick God out of everything and think it's going to be all right. The Constitution, our forefathers said it. Without God, the Constitution doesn't work. Raise your hands. Come on, stand up on your feet. Commit yourself to fasting and prayer. And who knows what God will do. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Ghost, come. Holy Spirit, come right now. Pour out over us, I'm praying. In the name of Jesus. Where is that Where's that dude with the black hair? He was right in there somewhere. Where'd he go? Where are you at? I still don't see you. I got There he is. That's you. Come here. Hey. Hey. Get that guy. I got a word for him. Mike Sisson, come stand right here. Hey, I have a word for you. What God, you have tremendous creativity, music gifts, all kinds of things swirled up in this package that God gave you. And, and God is going to groom you and mold you and make you if you'll let him to do it. And the broken heart that you've had, even over the years, he's going to heal. Come on, just lift your hands to Jesus. Holy Spirit, I pray right now that you, Lord, would, as you've pulled out the heart of stone even today and put in the heart of flesh, I know that he's known you. You've protected him. You, you guarded over him, Lord, where he should have even died. But, Lord, you protected him. And, Lord, even as I lay hands upon him now, I call forth even prophetic words that were spoken. Even when you were in your mother's womb, even as you were a child, there's something that you know about the Lord. You've seen some things, but half the story's yet to have been told. I'm going to raise 
raise you up. I've got a worship leading anointing upon you. I've called you even to be a worship leader. Creativity, painting, arts, dance. I mean, you're just wired up differently. And the Holy Spirit's going to bring it forth. Serve God from this day with all your heart. Cut all ties with the enemy and let my power infuse you. Come on, somebody say amen. Mike, lift your hands. The Lord says, I'm going to give a youth revival. I'm bringing a revival to the youth. I'm going to pour my spirit in and through you, and I'm going to use you like a lightning rod. It's not going to be so comfortable, says God, at times, but at other times, it'll be tremendously filled with joy. There's going to be some heartache for those who don't come along, but the Lord says, I'm going to fill you with my fire, and I'm going to use you. The Word of God is going to come alive to you as never before. The promises of God are going to ring like a bell in your ear. I've made you for revival. My fire is upon you. And you will raise up other burning, shining lamps. The spirit of Elijah is upon you to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children. And the children to the fathers, says the Lord. Do it. Come on, somebody say hallelujah. Just lift your hands and worship him all over this place. Come on, lift your hands and worship Him. Thank you. Come on, lift your hands and worship God. Lord, thank you. Oh, we bless you. Lord, we praise you. And we give you glory. And we ask for a grace to fast. A grace to contend. To put our flesh down. To contend for the outpouring. The end time outpouring of the Holy Spirit. We thank you. Come on, say, I receive that. I receive that. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Just a moment longer. You all right? There ain't nothing on TV. Come on, just a moment longer. Come on. Just wait on the Lord a moment. Thank you. Come on, lift your voice to worship you, I live. To worship. To worship you, I live. To worship you, I live, I live. To worship you. It's the reason we're here. To worship you. To be a living sacrifice. Sing to worship you, yeah. To worship you, I live. To worship you, I live, I live. To worship you. To honor you, I live. To honor you, I live. I live to honor you.
Jesus, I call forth tonight those that are belonging to this outpouring. I call from the north, the south, the east, and the west intercessors and musicians. I call from the north, south, the east, and the west the hungry and the thirsty. I'm asking God that you would cause a great release of your power such as we have never known. Not for any man except you. For you, Jesus that people would lift their voices and push themselves away from the things of time and tradition and every idol, that every man and every woman, every child be brought low and you'd be glorified and magnified that it would be heard around the world about the Alaska outpouring. Lord, not only here, but in every place it preaches the gospel. Let the anointing of the Holy Spirit be injected into pulpits all across the valley, all across the state. Lord, that it would be known that your fame, your fame would spread, oh God. And a nation would turn back to you. And God, we thank you and we praise you. We will fulfill our responsibility in it as we will contend for the fullness of the outpouring of the Spirit. Now bless your people, cause your face to shine upon them. Lift up your countenance towards them, be gracious to them, keep them, give them peace. In Jesus' name, God bless you. Do not miss Wednesday night. It's going to be crazy awesome. God bless you. We love you. Praise the Lord. Thanks for listening to King's Chapel, Alaska and Pastor Daniel Bracken. Our passion is making disciples of Jesus Christ who fulfill God's life call and help us to be the personal, powerful and permeating church God's called us to be. Get in touch with us anytime at 907-357-2065, 907-357-2065 or online at kcalaska.com, kcalaska.com. Friend us on Facebook and follow Pastor Daniel's tweets at Alaska Revival.